0: AP Bio Podcast. We're here to help you think more, stress less, and understand the living world around you. So sit back and enjoy. Every time I think of you, I feel shot right through with a of. Today's topic Protein Synthesis. When we talk about the fact that DNA controls a cell, remember that it's not the DNA itself that is doing anything. It's a DNA that provides the instructions for producing proteins that do the work of the cell, things like enzymes, for example. When cellular conditions call for a particular protein to be formed, that section of DNA that has the gene that codes for that protein will need to be transcribed into RNA and then translated into a sequence of amino acids. To start off, a particular transcription unit will attach to the TATA box on the promoter region of that particular gene. Once a transcription factor is in place, RNA polymerase can then land, and along with some other transcription factors, is able to then unzip the DNA and begin transcribing the coding strand of that DNA. The RNA polymerase adds RNA nucleotides to the growing 3' prime end of that new RNA strand that is complementary to the DNA strand. Once the RNA polymerase gets to a terminator sequence, that's an indication that it's at the end of the gene. Therefore, the RNA polymerase falls off and we have a completed pre-messenger RNA. Now, on eukaryotic cells, the messenger RNAs have to be modified uh, before they're translated. A couple of things happen. First, on the five prime end there's a cap, which is a modified guanine with three phosphates. On the three prime end you get a poly A tail, with as few as a couple of dozen or a couple of hundred adenines that are added onto the end. Both of these uh, five prime caps and three prime tails tend to keep the RNA from degrading and help it get transported to the correct place. Most eukaryotic genes are composed of numerous short coding sequences called exons, embedded within stretches of non-coding sequences called introns. So when the initial pre-messenger RNA molecule was transcribed by RNA polymerase, it was a faithful copy of the entire gene, including introns as well as exons. The easy way to remember which is which is that exons are expressed. They're the ones that are going to be expressed as a final protein. The introns are the non-coding sections that not that do not code for amino acids that are going to be in the final protein. Large, complex molecules are assembled in a nucleus called spliceosomes that are composed of proteins and nucleic acids and even funny things called SNRPs that um, splice together two exons while cutting out the intron in between. The end result is a completed messenger RNA molecule that is composed entirely of exons. Once the messenger RNA molecule leaves the nucleus, it's going to go to a ribosome. That could be a free ribosome in the cytoplasm that's going to form proteins that are used within the cell. Or it could be a bound ribosome within the endoplasmic reticulum. Either way, the ribosome has two subunits a small subunit first attaches to the messenger RNA. Then, a transfer RNA molecule comes in and lines up with the first codon on the messenger RNA that codes for methionine. That is a start codon. Methionine, um, along with the tRNA that it's attached to, line up with the anticodon of the tRNA juxtaposed to the codon of the messenger RNA the first code on there is always AUG on the messenger RNA. Once those two are in line, then the large subunit of the ribosome comes in and attaches. At this point, the first tRNA is gonna be in what's called the P site, which stands for peptidyl site. This is the middle of the three sites on the ribosome. The site directly downstream from that is called the A site, or the acceptor site. That's where the next tRNA is going to land that brings in the next amino acid. To the other side of the P site is the E site, or the exit site. That's where the transfer RNAs, once they give up their amino acid, are going to be released from. After the initial tRNA carrying the methionine binds with the P site, a transfer RNA that recognizes the next codon and carries the second amino acid then moves into the A site. The methionine amino acid that's in the P site is then joined to the amino acid carried by the transfer RNA that just entered the A site by a peptide bond. The ribosome now advances a distance of one codon and the transfer RNA that carried the the methionine is then released at the E site a transfer RNA carrying the next amino acid now moves into the A site where the anticodon on the transfer RNA matches the codon on the messenger RNA. The ribosome shifts down by a distance of one codon. As a shift occurs, the two amino acids on the transfer RNA in the P site are transferred to the new amino acid and the second transfer RNA is released on the E site. This continues with new amino acids being added Um, Every time a new tRNA comes in and keeps going until it gets to the very end, which is a stop codon, which accepts a release factor that cuts off the amino acid polypeptide chain, which then allows it to fold up into its configuration of the protein that we're looking for. At the same time, the two subunits of the ribosome will come apart, come off of the messenger RNA, and are free to go and attach to another messenger RNA. Keep in mind that the transfer RNAs, the tRNAs, are constantly flying around inside of the cytoplasm, picking up amino acids, and bringing them in whenever the translation is occurring. This happens over and over and over again with them being recycled. As you're reviewing this material, remember, if you can't explain it, you don't understand it.